Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place, Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 426 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defia, otherwise known as Colin Ford. I am the Chief Archivist on Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have, as usual, our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. You might be the chief archivist, but are you recording this show? Is anybody recording this show? Is this show even going out? We don't know. I'm sure we can download it from Twitch. <laughs> we might have to. Yeah, we might have to. Um, on the side of Twitch, our resident Twitch expert, we have our staff liaison officer, Commander Psykit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even think that we're an expert. It's all good. Hi, folks. How are you doing? And to fill out the crew, we have our Banksy stunt driver, Commander Alec Turner, who does or does not exist. Hello, hello. Good evening. Is this thing on? I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Um, now, if you wish, you can join us live. Uh, apparently, Ben is hanging out uh, in game in in Leave Station. Uh, uh, just, like, just outside Lave Station at the moment, but I will I will be returning at some point. Well, mm-hmm. uh, will you be running around in open? I am I am in open, yes. Um, mm, okay. I'm in open tonight. I was in open last night. Um, yes. I might even be in open tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's where you can join us if uh, you want to join us while we hang out in-game. If you can't get to us in-game, you can join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through leaveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. Um or I'll go straight to twitch.tv slash radio, or we're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter as well. Enjoy. So let us quickly go round the crew, see what they've been up to for the last week. And this week, I think um, Commander Psykit's turn to go first. I went first last week. That's not fair. 
what what did I do last week? What did I do last week? There was there was something that I did last week that was really really oh that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Vox Machina started season two yes. started and that was very good. It was very good. I watched it with someone who wasn't familiar with the um with the actual play and someone who was familiar with the actual play. And let me tell you how differently some of those lines hit if you have seen the show <laughs> and if you haven't seen the show. It was very good. Highly recommend if you've got Amazon Prime. It's worth it's worth checking out because Dungeons and Dragons yes it's wonderful in spite of Wizards of the Coast not because of them um uh, although, that, although they, they did give in didn't they no no it, no there's there's lots more to fight for Colin don't you don't don't you look at that pull in the wood well under your eyes we're still fighting we're still <laughs> we're still on the on the front lines as it were um I've been um playing a lot of uh I again I haven't really done much in a non-digital sense um i've been playing um i've been playing a lot of the new update of stranded alien dawn which um was released today but i've I've had it over the weekend and i've been having a dabble and you can tame animals um and that's really fun um that's the new edition um i feel like for for some reason there's something telling me in the back of my mind that i should be saying that at the moment there were no alpacas in the game um but that that feels like it's from yesteryear and I can just move on with um, everything now. Um, uh, aside from that, not really been doing that much. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it's been a quiet week. Next week might be a bit busier. This yeah. week's been mostly like planning, planning stuff and um, uh, co- co- collaborating on some new advert kind of things, which you, you know, you, you might, people might hear soon. Yes. What's this about an alpaca farm advert? We haven't done an alpaca farm advert. That was a that was a joke. I I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Otherwise, I might have to retaliate. Um, right, Commander Turner. Thought it would be me. Hello. You thought it would be you. Why? Yeah, I guessed by a process of elimination. Well, it's a fifty-fifty chance. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Actually, it was a one in three because I could have chosen myself. You could. That would be unusual. We should do that. Yeah, I know. Anyway, last I know. Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, the attic clearance is ongoing. Um, I sold the aforementioned BBC Master successfully. Oh, right. With, Good for Along you. with all peripherals and discs. So that's one less thing to worry about. No, it was quite sad, actually. But um, what was really funny is... Um, so my my dad was really into remote controlled stuff, particularly boats. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something I did with him a lot as a kid was go out and build and then drive boats around lakes. Uh, and I had an old boat in the attic. It was huge, actually. I had the old boat in the attic and the remote control and toolboxes and a remote control car, all sorts of stuff. So I took it down to the dump Um Initially, not thrown a skip, but they, they've got a shop there, and I thought they might like it. Um, and the bloke that guards the uh, like the landfill skip um, wouldn't let me throw it. <laughs> he was heartbroken. He absolutely loved all of it, and said, "You know, it's like I can't let you, I can't let you throw that. It's sacrilege." Mm. And he uh, so he he took the remote control off me, even though it's ancient, and he took the car off me. And then he sort of said, I didn't have the, um, he didn't have room for the boat, but he still wouldn't let me do it. Um, he was almost in tears. It was quite moving, actually. And then, and then I was taking it back to the car and this woman came running across the, the you know, the, the dump and um, 
basically said, "Are you were you trying to get rid of that boat? Uh, I'll have it. And she took it. She loved it and took it, put it in a car and drove off. So good stuff. It's all finding nice homes, which is which is great. Yeah. Do you do you feel that if you'd taken it to the Antiques Roadshow, they would just turn and say, this is such a find. Oh, and knows? everybody else has taken it away. I mean, I was quite surprised at the, at the price that BBC peripherals and, you know, BBC micros go for on eBay. I mean, reconditioned ones go for like 350 quid a pop. Mm. So interesting. Yeah, God knows what this remote controlled stuff would go for. But anyway, in game, in game, I uh <laughs> I've spent far too long. So you know I I've been driving up skyscrapers. Yes. So following that, I spent far too long trying to jump off the top of a skyscraper and onto the back of a Thargoid. But it just wasn't happening. I mean, the Thargoid combat, it's quite rare that it comes down low and then I'd be sort of mid-jump and they'd suddenly decide to bugger off and chase someone and leave me <laughs> floating in mid-air. Uh, so I got I got bored of it. I, I decided it was not possible. Um, so I, you, you might remember some time ago we went racing around this place called Ice Mordor. Yes, I remember that. A, so it had quite a long day-night cycle and I figured it must be day by now. Mm-hmm. So, so I spontaneously flew eight thousand light years to, to discover that it's pitch black. <laughs> so I've decided to go exploring. I'm, ah. I'm already eight thousand light years away. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to jump into the void um, and go where nobody else has gone, uh, and do some proper exploring and do some proper plant scanning of of, of never before. Yeah, I've never before discovered plants, and um, it's great. I'm loving it, actually. Yeah, it's got a kind of nice, relaxing zen feel to it, hasn't it? It's cool. What I haven't done before, I've tended to follow stuff and go places that have already been, you know, places that have already got eight or nine plants on them. And what I'm using, actually, I, I need to find out more about this sort of stuff, but I'm using a couple of things, an Elite Observatory and EDDI, which mm-hmm. give me text-to-speech things so eddie sort of tells me when i jump into a system that's not registered with cartographics nice which is great and then when i scan planets elite observatory uh, when i'm using the fss elite observatory tells me when i've got biologicals and stuff so it's it's good actually i'm I'm, I i think some of these tools really help exploring can be a bit um what's the word you can waste a lot of time doing everything really manually and just having a couple of things that tell you when there's interesting stuff is is great yeah i'm really yeah. enjoying it it's good yeah I've, I've normally found exploring to be um a very very hit and miss thing because i normally find there's nothing for about 30 jumps and then all of a sudden yeah. within three jumps you get about three or four systems one's got a nine on a planet and the others have got two or three on planet on moons or something like that yeah and it turns um, out a couple of tools out there will sort of let you do the jump 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 this one's interesting ah right i shall take yeah. my time here and that that really i don't know i really like that it's good yeah. Uh, I have been um, splitting my time. Uh, I've been, there's been a little bit of exploration. So um, I'm still sort of like halfway between Colonia, uh, but I'm making sure that I'm going through non-explored systems, if you see what I mean. So I'm, I'm kind of like doing this kind of S course. <laughs> so um, I get to a place where the, um, we've got uh uh, one of the the sta- the midway stations, uh, and that and then I'll go off to the the side f- 
for a long distance until basically nobody's got anything logged and then carry on up towards Colonia in a parallel course and then head back in and then do it again uh, the other way just so that I can I can get as many unique um, planets as possible. But it does mean that I'm taking a lot longer to get to Glonia than, than everybody else. Uh, and the rest of it has been either on foot battles with, I think we had Psycho Cow, well, we don't think, we got Psycho Cow, my friend Ralph, and of course, uh, Commander Edelweiss yesterday, um, all basically beating up um, baddies, left, right, and centre on, on foot. Oh, I thought you were going to see each other. Um, there was a bit of that. Thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we did try the defend the cargo, uh, defend the MacGuffin type of mission, and uh, yeah, that went well, didn't it, Ben? Yeah, that went that went well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I blame some people not being able to have a look behind them, and then us being landed on. Yeah, there, there was that, which yeah, it does get it does get intense. <laughs> it, it, it does, but I yeah. do think you know, I, I I have to admit I. I thought we were doing okay with our two scorpions parked there. It's just like I was like I was like Colin, there's a shitload of enemies behind you. Will you turn and kill them? Because if I shoot them, I'll shoot you, and I can't do that. Yeah, but I was already shooting at another batch of yes, enemies. But I could shoot in. the guys in front of you. This is why I said deal with the ones behind you. This is yeah, sounding I... really raw at the moment, Jen. Uh, I would yes. <laughs> maybe yes. give it a couple of hours and then come back to it at another point. The funny, oh. thing, the funny thing was, Ralph said, "Well, listen, I've got, I've got a dominate suit level five. I've engineered it to heck. I'll take sure I've got the mission so that I do. Uh, I, I'll be the least likely to die. He died first. He did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So um, it wasn't entirely our fault. We lost that mission completely. But yeah. Right. Uh, well, I think we'll move on to um, development. Oh, go on. No, I've done fuck all this week. It's all right. Don't matter." Yeah, sorry. sorry, Ben. No, I mean, you know, I think it's just because you know, I know Psychic didn't have any alpacas, but I had a ludicrous amount of alpacas in 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 Rimworld. Yes, go on then. No, I, I, you know, I, I found one of the things that I love about Rimworld, as many people know, is its modding capability, and there is a strong chance that once Stranded Alien Dawn comes out of Alpha. And into a into a proper game, it might get mod support too, because um, the company has a has a habit of using the Steam Workshop for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a firm believer in mods for for all these kind of things because they add so much longevity to games. Um, but yes, I, I was I was browsing Wingles Wingles. <laughs> God, sorry, I just got a team invite from Miggles, and that made you laugh. <laughs> No, but it, it turned it turned the workshop into Wiggles or into Wingles. Uh, I was browsing the Steam Workshop, not not the Steam Wiggles. <laughs> That's probably something totally different. I was browsing the Steam Workshop and I saw they had a ludicrous amount of alpacas, and I had to go for that because um, you know certain things are just required. Uh, I also took my kids to see Avatar Two. Uh, actually, on um, on Friday night, we my son wanted to see Avatar One, and really, really enjoyed it. And then on Saturday, we we all went off to see Avatar Two, and both of my sons really, really enjoyed all three hours of that, and felt it did not feel like three hours, and it was 
a heck of a spectacle. So they really enjoyed that too. Um, apart from that, as you were saying, you know, we did the spot of missions and things like that. Um, oh, and I've been pushing. I've been. Tr I'm trying desperately to try and finish uh, Spider-Man Remastered. Um, hopefully by the end of this week, because I'm I'm so close to the end, but I don't have a lot of chance to to do things. Um, and Miggles, as soon as I've done talking, I will actually come and help you. All right. But I'm talking at the moment. Stop talking to me. Oh, oh, um, yes. I, I'm. I also. Uh, I found somebody who I didn't. I didn't know, but other people did know that. Um, apparently, I'm now one removed from football legend David Seaman. Um, although I didn't yeah. even know that this person was. I didn't even know who David Seaman was. That was my wife. One what removed. One person removed, oh, you know, like f five degrees of Kevin Bacon. So I I'm one degree of David. Genetically, or just through friends? Just, just, just through, just through people. Um, right. Okay. Um. So yeah, that 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 was news to me because I I don't follow football and I don't follow English football, being Scottish. So hey, these are things. Um. Yeah, that'll do. Oh, okay. Right. That'll work. That'll so, do, won't it? I, I think, I guess we'll move on to the development news. Uh, on Monday, the 23rd, there was a Discovery Scanner, which uh, there were a few announcements. Um, the interim update uh, has been finally given a name. It's going to be called Update 14.02. That's what you want. Nice and original. And it will be deployed on Monday, the 30th of January. So it's less than a week. Um the actions that they're willing to talk about at the moment uh, uh, include more actions taken against Thargoids will further contribute to the pushback bar. Now, this could be one of the um, things that we talked about last week where they sort of said it seemed that um, people were doing a whole load of uh, activity that was having no effect on the on the uh, on the chevrons and the progress bar on on. Uh, for a system. Um, they say improvements are to be made to the UI, specifically giving commanders better guidance on how to impact aforementioned pushback bar. Um, and more importantly, stability improvements to conflict zones alongside a number of additional generalized fixes, which will be delivered with upon release notes. So basically fixes, um, fixes and more fixes. Um, yep. I, th I think it's going to be a little bit more than just fixing the mission board. As in the subject of which, um, I haven't seen any complaints about the mission board since that patch went live um, a week ago. Has anybody else seen or had any problems with the, the mission board since then? Nope. I haven't done a mission since... Uh... <laughs> Since the Thargoids came. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, I must admit, it, it does seem that that one seems to have calmed down already. So that's, that is a, a relief. Um, overall, um, I mean, it, it looks like this is going to be a hot fix for um, a lot of things. Is there anything there, uh, Psychic, you think is desperately needed? I've got a sneaking suspicion about something about the conflict zones. Um, yeah, but I did, 
I've had conflict zones. Yeah, I, I will believe it when I see it because okay. um, we're it, the 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 errors. I feel like are um, a lot more reliant on people's connect connections when there's multiple people in the instance. So if they're saying stability improvements to conflict zones actually means, hey lads, we fixed um instancing, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Oh, come on. When's the last time they managed to fix instance thing? Instincts. Inst- oh, my goodness. What's You'll that? get there eventually, Colin. It's fine. I have been saying instance thing all my life, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I come on Bloomin' Leave Radio, it's like the word just pops out of my head, and I can't get my vocal cords around it. Ah, uh, dear. Anyway, um, I thought it was mostly to do with the, the Thargoids running away, uh, especially around planetary ports. Is that still happening? I've only experienced that once. Right. Okay. So, um, and of course, what with Alec and being far off in the distance and me and Ben not actually taking on the Thargoids this week, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back at it later this week. So there's, there's one thing I'd quite like. Well, go on then, Alec. Old man has shut down neutralizer for the SRV because it's bloody annoying being shut down when you're halfway <laughs> up a building. <laughs> That's a really specific, specific need. <laughs> I think, yeah, how many that would work with? Niche. Is this, niche. This, 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 this niche. Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> it's a very yeah. definition of a you problem, right there. I mean, hang on a second. Doesn't the if if you were in a wing, doesn't when if someone uses the uh, EMP field blocker thing, um, that or the neutralizer, it. That works for everybody in the wing, doesn't it? Or maybe I need a wingman to help me climb buildings. Is that what you're saying? It are you works, volunteering? It, <laughs> it works with people who are in certain proximity, depending on how much how many pips you have in systems and stuff. It doesn't just go, "Hey, we're just going to like clear the wing." It's, right. it's proximity stuff. So basically, as long as we've got someone who's kind of hanging close to Alec Turner, Mister Alec Turner, as he as he goes up the. Uh, up the building, then I'm quite sure that uh, the field neutralizer will 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 save him. If I wasn't I, I so far away, ex- I'd quite like to science that. It would be quite interesting to know. Yeah, I think some experimentations needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> oh, Biggin says it's got a three-kilometer range, so you know you just need to hang over. Hang in the sh- in the city, and you'll be fine. Um, right. So, well, I guess by this time next week, we will know um, how well it's been. Um, it's quite ironic, really, that it's not out on a Tuesday because it's normally out on a Tuesday. But, um, yep, fourteen point zero two is on the way. Uh, on top of that, they've said that Frameshift Live twenty four will be coming this Thursday, the twenty sixth of January. It's going to be hosted by Arthur and Sally, with Darren Ho- um, Halil making an appearance. Uh, apparently, Adam's feeling a lot better. Um, Darren has promised he was going to reveal all. We need to hold him to this. What what reveal all is this? We don't know. We just know that last week, uh, just after as the news of the stream being cancelled, Darren was like... And just when I was going to reveal all as well. You you know you know I mean I'm I'm you know that was a joke, right? 
I just want to clarify. I just want to make sure that you know that that was a joke. This is a completely serious statement, and I'm going to hold him to it, damn it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I like At the moment, the cringe is so real. And it it just... Knowing Ben's mind, reveal alls, might mean something like the full Monty. We don't want that. You can keep your hat on. All of a sudden, you see the entire development team doing hot stuff as they as they walk on by. Now that would just be, well, it would be entertaining. Anyway, <laughs> oh man, we shouldn't give and, them ideas, should we? Uh, Psychic Miggle's mind went where yours did. Just what the, the full Monty? Okay. Right, moving on from that, we'll talk quickly about the in-game events. What has been happening this week? Well, um. A little bit more news than we had last week. Uh, 19th of January, um, the CG for the Azimuth Stabilizers begins. Um, obviously, this is for you people who would like um, the to have more anti-Xeno weapons on their ships. Uh, at this moment in time, how are we doing for the, for the CG? Is it almost complete or...? Completed a couple of days ago, mate. Completed a couple of days ago. Well, there we go. Um, everybody was desperate for their um, <laughs> for their uh, stabilizers. Uh, I, even I do believe you made an exception for this one. Did you like it? No, no. I wrote part of it. Like legitimately, <laughs> it's not even a joke. They, um, yes, you did, didn't you? Yeah, um, I, Frontier reached out and asked for an actual statement. So when I said I wasn't doing it, like last week, when I said I wasn't doing anything last weekend, I was poring over this statement, making sure that all the wording was correct. That's literally what we just did. <laughs> like me and Katie sat down and wrote it together over the period of maybe about four or five hours. <laughs> What, four or five make, hours for one paragraph? For one paragraph, actually wow. trying to make sure... We, we wrote that paragraph, we wrote that paragraph, the same the same uh, feeling behind it, but different words, maybe over the course of four or five hours, um, while also talking about other shit, because we're, we're sisters, so we talk about a lot of things. Um, but um, also in the middle of that, just talking about... Um, Talking about other other shit, um, and and trying to make sure that we got the wording that we absolutely wanted. And it's pretty. There's like one tiny bit. There's a, a pronoun that's been changed, but other than that, it's like literally what we wrote. And I'm so proud of the fact that it actually exists in the game as something that we wrote with. So we're like, it's it, yeah, it, it gives me like a little fuzzy feeling. I'm yeah. gonna add it. I'm gonna add it to my uh, my resume. Um, game writer narrative team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely not, just FYI. <laughs> okay, well, on the 20th of January, Vox Galactica has given a summary of the, the Tharkoid War so far, which was basically everyone going, well, we're, we're kind of screwed then. Um, and then yesterday, on the uh, 23rd... Uh, oh, go on, Alec, you first. just going to say, there was something buried in that Tharkoid War update one. Oh, do enlighten us all. Well, I mean, not deeply buried, but there was the little hint about, don't forget about Grelix. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, that was interesting, wasn't it? 
But there is hope. A small but steady flow of unclassified relics, those strange artifacts from Guardian, blah, blah, have made their way to Palin and Ramtar. A leading theory is that they share esoteric properties with several of the Thargoids' recent technological advances and may hold the key to developing countermeasures. Ooh. I didn't see that coming, but cool. Yes, countermeasures. Yes, we want the countermeasures and lots of them. Right. Um, relics. Mm-hmm. Do we think then that there is a? Um, sorry to, to interrupt, but no. do we think then that there is a um, like a hidden, a, like a fully hidden CG, and they're waiting for it to hit a um, hit a particular number, or do we think uh-huh. that it's just um, and, and one of those arbitrary? T- um, Oh, just to remind you, this still exists, and here's a little reminder that we haven't finished with that particular angle yet. I have cynically discussed this on the forum. I mean, clearly, it's easy to imagine if N delivered greater than or equal to N required, then release new thing. (laughs) Um, You know, but Frontier are also tying this into a storyline that they have planned, you know, in terms of what that sits when. with updates and all of that so, kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, it it seems highly likely that they will lower, even if such a bit of code exists, that they will they can lower or raise N required to their heart's content so that this hits exactly when they would like it to hit. I, I think it's best that we don't think about this too much and we just play along, don't you? <laughs> I'm, I might just deliver like the 40 that I've got sat on my fleet carrier just in case if it helps. If they're just 40 short, I hate to be the one gatekeeping that from people as well. Yeah, I strongly suspect that if we sit back and do absolutely nothing, that it will still happen. But but let's not do that. Let's play along. No, I mean, I must admit, the, 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 the one reason that I am missing out on a fleet carrier is that extra storage that you get with it. Because, yes, I'd like to go and grind out as many relics as I can for, for future use. But... Um, of course, I've got nowhere to put them at the moment. So, yes, I might have to then start grinding for a fleet carrier just so I can get my relics. Do you like, okay, do you like five hours, like however long you have? I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you to do five hours, but do you like um, go and uh, fight in one of the more popular co- um, conflict zones with uh, um, a bunch of other commanders? Job done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Job that's... done. Within weeks, within a month, you'll have a fleet carrier. Easy. Fingers crossed, because yeah, that's what I'm going to be aiming for. Um, <clears throat> yes, I mean, as much as I enjoy the on-foot missions, it's uh, it's not paying the cash. Um, in addition to that, we have a pro-Aegis stance from Prince, Princess Ashling Deval. Uh, in a quite surprising move, uh, she's broken with um, Empire policy uh, and said, listen, guys, we don't what we should be uh helping out the uh, alliance and the federation to show them how it's done um however that hasn't gone down with the rest of the duval family and uh fleet admiral denton betrayus who are all saying no we can we can handle this because we're the empire and uh yes so um she's been pretty much pillared by everybody else apart from one person who says perhaps she's got a point so i don't know maybe when the thargoids are knocking down akinar's door they might um they they might actually do something about that uh finally 
let's have a catch up of where the the current status of the Thargoid War is. Uh, this week, 29 systems are currently being invaded. Uh, 94 systems are on alert. 28 are recovering from the Thargoid attack. Surprisingly, not one but two systems have been retaken. However, the Thargoids now control 524 systems. We lost another 50 from from last week, and they now control 2.55% of the human bubble. So you're looking at losing the bubble in about four years now, which is up from three years last week. <laughs> um, so going on from there... Like it has many dots in... Yes. I, 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 just, I just... I think... I'm, I swear. I swear I've, I've seen something somewhere where someone has said we managed to... Um, claw back or or save six systems the previous week so mm. like i our impetus as commanders looks to be waning a little tiny bit um yes. from the from the information that i'm hearing so where like like likely monday potentially balance pass as well i guess is what i'm trying to say Oh, right. You mean sort of they've been uh, <coughs> yeah. uh, messing about with the figures to make things a little bit more of a challenge? Well, well no, well, no more, more so that... Um, uh, no, 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 not at all. Like, um, the impetus of commanders to... The amount of commanders who were doing Thargoid combat when it first happened might be waning ever so slightly, and that's showing a direct... Um, showing directly in the numbers that we've only managed to save what two systems rather than the six systems from previous weeks that i i think that's the information that i was going on i'm very flaky i'm i'm doing i'm doing like um a, a politician thing and going with vague stats that i've potentially only heard and putting my feelings before the actual facts so just scrap everything that i just said it's not worth it I I see. I mean it does feel like the um, we're slowly getting pushed back which uh I guess is to be expected at this moment in time. But I will agree that maybe I am I am seeing people beginning to drop off. Yeah. Um playing the game at the moment obviously because of work and and other commitments and of course, you know, there there are other games as well, but No, there's uh, no other games it's only elite. It's only elite. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> What I'm hearing is it's all Elite, my fault. Elite, Elite is not a game, for God's sake. I thought we it's, knew that. it's absolutely your fault, Alec. It's because yeah, you're out right. there smelling daisies. You need to I'll come, come back, back and find more of those buildings. Fight the war. Go on, then. <laughs> yes, right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was always going to happen that um, people were going to slowly back away from it. With Elite is still doing... Um, a lot better with the, their player numbers on Steam charts than it's been for quite a while, despite the drop off. So you know, it's um, yeah. I think I, th- I think we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, anyway, uh, it is it's that time of the week again. Score alert!
and welcome back. Well, we have the new Alliance Chieftain Hunter paint jobs, and I must admit, um, well, I, we know that Arthur's going to be quite happy with these, but uh, I must admit, I'm, I'm finding them quite attractive as well. Um, what does everybody else think to the uh, the new Chieftain Hunter? They're quite nice, actually. I really I like it. Yeah. It's do you know what? Maybe I'm missing a trick on the store or something. I quite like with these to see a rotating model. Is that too much to ask? It maybe is like a rotating GIF because I'd like to see what it looks like from. You that know, would be nice. Yes, different Just angles. To rotate around the angles. Yeah, mm. and if you can show the underside as well, because so often they are different on the underside. Yeah, I mean that that yellow blob around the cockpit. Is that like an inverted elite logo, or is that just me? What do you mean? The one, like, 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 kind of at the top of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the Elite logo. That's the uh, oh, Odyssey logo. Cool. Yeah. It looks we really have... nice. I love the fact that they're on there. I have to point out that this product um, will only work on a 4.0 game client. Uh, so it's it's kind of, I'm, I'm afraid of, as I suspect going forward, um, none of the legacy stuff will, uh, you know, and none of the new paint jobs will be working on legacy. Yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because they did they did warn that, that might happen, but every single new paint job they've released since has said that. Even like the the Twitch drops and stuff. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. So you know, we've got green stripes, we've got uh, blue stripes. I must admit, I do like the blue with the red. That's or sort of faint red. I think I might treat my. I'm going to treat myself to one of them. I think. Um. Yes. So I don't fly a chieftain enough to justify it, but if if they did something with the elite logo on on a um, on a Corvette, mm. or like you know, give the Corvette a little bit of love. You've done the chieftain now. I'll have the Corvette now, please. Um, I oh, I think they're really lovely. That's a really really nice skin. <laughs> oh, Darren has now back backtracked. He's he said um, he was only going to reveal all in the stream that got cancelled. This is going to be a different stream. That makes sense. Checks out. Yeah. So there you go. He's, he's, uh, is, is Darren uh, looking for a political career, do you think? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think everybody's now disappointed that they're not all going to be doing the, the full Monty now. So, you know, well, you did say you're going to reveal all that got a lot of people curious. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think on that note, we will take a uh, quick break for adverts and then we'll come back with our, our feedback discussion. From the creators of luggage limpets and passenger lounge suitcase shuttles comes the latest revolution in passenger transportation, the passenger cannon. For centuries, circus performers have perfected the technique of being fired from a cannon. Paired with our new memory gel passenger pod impact absorption technology, you too can speed up disembarkation times from your liner by up to 250%. No longer be limited by pad sizes and excessive docking fees with the Passenger Cannon. But how does it all work? First, all passengers will be issued with a passenger pod inflation suit during transit. On approach to your passenger's destination, simply fill the inflation suit with our patented impact-absorbing memory gel. Then, once in a stable position in proximity to the destination, effortlessly slide them into the disembarkation chamber ready for launch. The Passenger Cannon is now available in both gimbaled and turreted varieties to make aiming elementary. 
Make your Lino one of the top 1% in the galaxy. Buy a passenger cannon today. Warning, passenger cannon must not be operated on high-gravity planets or near geezers. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Protecting settlements from villainous scum, it's Settlement Patrol Man. The action figure every child wants. Wearing the all-new Manticore Dominator suit with light-up jump assist thrusters. Press his backpack to hear Settlement Patrol Man speak. Not seen you around here before, Commander. Is that a Karma P-15 in your pocket, or are you just pleased to see me? Hey, don't point out at me. When alarm sounds, Settlement Patrol Man rides into action in his surface reconnaissance vehicle with pop-up turret and glow-in-the-dark wheel trims. Settlement Patrol Man. Surface reconnaissance vehicle and action figure sold separately. Available from branches of Lay Toy Depot and other retailers. Microelectrode, ion battery, and circuit switch not included. And welcome back. Well, we've got our main discussion topic, which is really an extension of last week, um, where we went around the crew uh, to, to see how they, they felt that the Thargoid War was going and uh, whether they were jo- enjoying it. Uh, and uh, the yeah. Spoiler alert, we, we are. Um, but one thing that we did throw out to everybody is um, we wanted to know how the rest rest of you were feeling about it. And we, we got a few comments back on Twitter. And we've got a few people in our audience who are... Um, who want to have their have their own little say? Uh, so, if anybody would want to raise their hand, I will I will bring you in at a at a later point. Um, but we will start off with uh, our feedback. Uh, we got one mess- message from Commander Ned McReady from our website. Um, now. He says it's disheartening to see that the invasion progress bar on a Wednesday, and then judge that there's nowhere to win. Uh, he wonders if a route threshold could be reached somewhere to say at 75% where very many AX commanders do enough damage in a short period of time, it becomes exponentially easier simulating Thargoid morale failure as they flee the battlefield. This might help avoid wasted Wednesdays on, on just before Thargoid Thursdays. Um, what do you guys think to that one? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's 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 not the first time I've heard this thing about Wednesdays. They they were talking about it on Loose Screws as well. That Wednesday is just a waste of time because because partly because of the reset. So obviously, a, another alternative is just to change that complete reset into a 
squashing down of the current week's progress into a percentage that carries across to the next week. But I like this route threshold. Is this is this something that people have come across in other games? I'm is afraid a... I haven't I haven't haven't heard anything similar to this whatsoever. Okay. I get what he means though. It, it's mm-hmm. kind of neat that, you know, there's like a sort of um Yeah, there's a point where the last day suddenly things speed up a bit and what you do in the last day might make a lot of difference. Yeah, but then, then again, thinking back to it, it's, it's kind of like in quiz shows where they all say that, you know, the last round is worth triple points, which means that everything up to that quiz point, that the last round has actually been useless because yeah. people overturn it at the last moment. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's a swine to balance to get mm. the route threshold right. I mean, yeah, very tricky. Yeah. Right. Well, we have a we have a volunteer from the from the audience. That's Commander Indigo. So I'm I'm going to bring Commander Indigo in. That's that's if um uh <laughs> our there we go. Hello, Commander Indigo. Can Hello. you hear us? Hello. Um. Right. Uh. Some basic questions for you for the for the Thargoid uh, War. Are you enjoying it so far? And what you think? What do you think could be improved? Uh, I am absolutely. I'm calling in from originally from Lambda Andromeda over in Loose Screws territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, though right now we're hanging out in the small backwater of Jing, trying to save it from uh, an invasion. Um, and I think in general it's been an absolute uh, win for Frontier. They've done a good job of making opportunities for players at all kinds of different levels to get involved. Obviously, they've streamlined the process of of getting into that part of the game. Um, there are, of course, some some bug fixes and some things that need to be rebalanced. Um, but well, one thing in particular I wanted to comment on that I think is interesting is something that happens um, in terms of the strategy. Obviously, we're still early in maybe the end of Chapter 1 of the war. Um, but if you follow along on Twitter and the discords, um, every week there are a couple of marquee systems that you know are going to fall within a few days. And uh, the Burr Pit, for instance, puts up a list that's uh, well-balanced and shows what's going on in different systems. And once those first few have fallen, then there's kind of a moment of re-evaluation and targets of opportunity kind of arise. And in some cases, there um, places where local commanders have pushed a system within reach. In others, there might be somebody who is just passionate champion of that system that manages to get a larger organization on board. And we've seen those organizations turn over a system, you know, in less than a day, um, or other times they're just, you know, it, it might be a system that's really attractive um, because it has large pads or because it has ground bases. Um, and so the community is sort of involved in organically picking what's going to happen next. It'll be interesting to see what they update in the UI um, next week to show what the opportunities are. and how to be involved because I think we'd all be kind of lost if we were only using Elite Dangerous to figure out how to play Elite Dangerous. Yeah, that that does. Let's just say that the third-party tools are a godsend for all those who are... <laughs> I, I, without the ED engineer uh, stuff and the and the, uh, the the apps that Psykit has recommended, I think I'd be completely lost when it comes to unfoot engineering and it, it does seem that um the third party tools are, are beginning to win again or helping us win in the thargoid war um well thanks for that um 
Uh, we'll move on to um, Grandpa Aquaman, or as if I've got a chance of pronouncing this one. <laughs> it's Christoph. Okay, Christoph Studnik. He's watching the progress of the Thargoid War from Sage and not taking part. He's never had the intent to build any anti-Xeno ship, but he would rather have some kind of stealth slash corrosion-resistant specialised vessel for scans and researching the alien species rather than a combat one. Um, But then he goes, but that will never be possible. I guess he's, he's inferring that he would prefer some kind of sneaky stealth... Um, gameplay that would be involved? Yeah, probably. Hmm. I mean, who's to know? Because at the moment, they've dropped hints about the Maelstroms, but who's to, who's to say we might have to do some sneaky stealth stuff to get anywhere near what's at the centre of the Maelstrom? I would, I would adore that. You know I would adore that. That is um, right, right what I'm looking for. Because yeah, well, um, you, you get all of the big, the big combaty stuff in the uh, in the AXCZs, and we, mm-hmm. I think, we've proven that they're not going anywhere. So no. um, that that's great, and that makes you money, and you really enjoy it. And like, we get loads of people together, and it's a big blast, and we're having a lot of fun. But something different um, that we we don't see very often is something a little bit more ship stealthy. Mm, yeah, it should be really nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love the fact that you've got to approach these things in stealth, dock stealthily, and then you drop off everybody for a boarding action aboard it. That Does that sound appealing to anybody? Of course it does. That would yeah. be ridiculous. It's yeah. Independence I mean, Day, isn't it? <laughs> I, I was just thinking, actually, I mean... They've got to upload the virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's kind of a minefield, isn't there, already in, in the Maelstrom. It'd be quite neat if those mines were so devastating that you had to really carefully pick your way between them. They are really devastating, aren't they, Psychic? You I mean you've taken them on? They're, they're pretty they're pretty devastating, but it's not um like I, I know lots of people who have tanked them multiple times. It's not super it's not super difficult. There's there's like a point where you get and you're you're yeeted out. There's no um there's no counter for it at the moment, which probably is um a Grelic thing as we've um uh, uh, thought about um, more recently, but especially with the um, the signal boosting of it on um, on Galnet. Uh, so again, I think it's just a matter of time, really, something like that. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, well, moving on from there, we've got uh, Wintermute. Uh, used, uh, yes, I've I've heard. Uh, you know, he's a regular contributor on the forums and also on the uh, on our, our chat. Um, he says that he's it's successfully increased uh, engagement and numbers, and but he does think that this is linked to the fact that um, owning Odyssey isn't required to taking part in the Thargoid War. So um, obviously he's he's happy about it, but uh, he said. If it had been Odyssey only, he didn't think we'd have the same engagement, which I suppose that's the reasons why they split it into into uh, Legacy and 4.0. So, yeah. Uh, Commander Silenus Cleats. 
Um, he's, I'd say it would be great if less advanced pilots and ships and more new non-combat activities were available. Um, although, if I understand right, it happens in next updates. Um, okay, I'm a little bit confused with this one. Is, is he saying that he wants less advanced ships and pilots to be able to get involved in the Thargoid War? I, I mean, we've, so. covered, we've covered this pretty extensively that there yeah. are plenty, there are plenty of opportunities that aren't combat related for you to go and do, in mm. um, the, and and like we've tested it out a lot as well. Like, um, I know, I know for a fact that there are people who fly around and go and rescue people from burning stations without needing, um, like a metric button of engineering or anything along those lines. So I don't. Yeah. It, I was going to say. I, I mean, I don't know to what extent he's tried. I mean, because you know, I've been put off thargoid stuff in the past but to be honest the thought the, you know the scout and um, particularly the scout combat particularly mm. the ground base where there aren't um maybe <laughs> thargoid swarms from the interceptors to to deal with and you can easily sort of land and repair is it's pretty easy actually and it's it, it's good fun I, I guess you need to pick up the ax weapons but that's not too difficult yeah i mean i must admit i have i have actually done this in a cobra with a couple of the AX cannons on the front, and and going scout hunting on a cobra is actually quite fun. Yeah, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed doing that. But then again, I don't go through them as fast as I do in a crate. But you know, it's still fun. We had, I had, um, I had the prime example of this. Like, if you mm. can get in a in a big gr- in a group of people who were doing who were doing Thargoid combat. Um, uh, like, I mean, pretty much regularly over the last, like, since the Thargoid War started for the last God knows how long, every Thursday and Friday, we've had at least a wing and a bit, if not two wings, three wings in combat zones fighting fighting Thargoids. And I'm going to call him out by name because it will make sense to you if I call him out by name. But like one, uh, at least one of those times, we had um, Nick Lambert involved. Now, Nick, okay. Nick is wonderful. And, like, we know Nick's strengths. And Nick's strengths aren't necessarily ship combat. However... <laughs> However, if you're playing in a group and he's got this little anti-Zeno's um, Viper that he's made, yeah. um, funny little, um, um, the, like, funny little um, bits of combat with with um, in a group, even if you've got a little ship or uh, an under-engineered ship, you can still manage it. It's just about finding that group to play with. Yeah. Oh, and there's a is... lot of people playing in the Thorgoy combat zones at the moment. Yes, I, I I know. Oh, here's a fun fact uh, from Darren himself, because we got Darren in, in the chat. He sort of said that scouts were actually specifically balanced to be fought in the Cobra Mark III, which would explain why I'm having so much fun. It would explain why four plasma cannons to their face takes them out as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I must admit... Um, now that we've got gimbals uh, cannons as opposed to fixed ones, it's a little bit easier because the f- taking on scouts with fixed cannons, my God, that can be a pain. But yeah, um, but like I said, still fun. Uh, right, moving on, we've got Tom Fullery from Twitter. Um He's patiently waiting for Uncle Sal to make a grand return and give us what we need f- to win this war. I, I take it this means 
I think he's talking about like Daddy Savlon, but he must be a nephew of Daddy Savlon and not a direct descendant. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll just have to see how the plot then turns up. I, I must admit, um, I, I do think that Salvation is dead. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe the report that he's in little bits floating around 22460. Um, and, and good riddance to him. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll just have to wait to see whether or not he was just a brain in a jar and all that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> I mean, Stanket, would you want Daddy Savlon back? Just as a so, villain, shake your fist at and go boo, you bad. So there were def- there were absolutely two sides to this where I'm like, I there's part of me really, really enjoys the dissatisfaction of not getting closure and him just being dead. Um I'm gonna say I, I say two, three sides. Um the the other side wants him to have made this miraculous escape and come back yet again having reinvented himself um in some kind of way really shove Torben Rebecca's um nose out of um nose out of joint and um be be that kind of be that kind of guy and um then face the consequences of um of his actions for sure the third part of me, um, from a conversation that I had with Katie the other day, I can't remember exactly where, where she said that he was, but I'm quite interested to see if um, there is part of Daddy Savlon that has become um, uh, daddysavlon.net and is now um, in NAI somewhere. But, but Kate, Kate told me that Utopia... Utopia, because Utopia was mentioned not too long ago in a Gauna article, and um, when there was a fight against uh, hosting the summit was between Sirius and Utopia. I might be completely messing that up, but that was um, a very recent time that Utopia was mentioned, and Savlon was all up in that. So um, could he have been involved there? I don't. I don't know, but um, it's it's another um, angle. Yeah, so I'm quite. I'm just quite interested. I'm. I'm just hoping. That, personally, I'm hoping they don't do Commander Shepard, and and Cerberus him back. But um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of there's proper rap in the in the chat is saying, "Well, enter Davy Savlon's talking head in a jar, a la Future Armor." Go full Future Armor with it, absolutely. As long After as he's all. the big boss at the end in the um, Thargoid Maelstrom, it's just his head in a jar on, on top of some kind of crazy spider mechanoid. <laughs> I'm involved. I'm 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 a part of that now. Let's. That is my head cannon from going forward. Yeah, it's funny that I've, I'm just thinking of that kind of Mister Freeze type um, thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's nightmare fuel. That is. Anyway, um, right. We'll go back to um, MV. Uh, I'm By the way, I would apologise to everybody whose name I've massacred so far. <laughs> you should know it's a, a tradition that I massacre your name if, if you actually send something in. Um, but from a technical per- perspective, I think they did outdid themselves and gave the majority of the players what they wanted. Sure, there are some issues and bugs that need to be tackled, but overall it makes a solid impression. 
From my own perspective, I feel that like the ED storytelling took a major hit and sits in the back seat now due to the war. I didn't due to a war I didn't want and was actively protesting and working against. It makes me sad and leaves a bitter aftertaste. Um, hmm. um yeah. Uh, well, I certainly agree with from a technical uh, perspective. It's been fantastic. Um, uh, I don't think the story is done yet i think it was always going to end up this way because uh, i think that was it planned i mean does anybody think there was a way to avoid this war no, no. yeah no they had this planned a long time i think and i think the story will pe- i mean i think the storytelling last year leading up to all this was was excellent i hope mm. i hope that's not what he's referring to i'm assuming he just means you know that because now that the war is here things are quietened down a bit but but i think it will pick up again because um you know we're already that there's hints of stuff going on um you know d2 has gone on a mystery mission and mm. there's all these calls for ages to come back I, I, I think frontier was just giving us a bit of breathing room to enjoy the war really yeah, <laughs> that sounds wrong. Now I've said it out loud. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of understand where he's coming from because, um, I mean, I got invested in the storyline quite a lot, and when Aegis got broken up, I, I that actually shook me quite badly because basically, um, I guess we all knew that Savlin was a bad and right from the very or Salvation was a bad and really what from. What's his real name, Colin? Savlon, Daddy Savlon, right? Okay, you feeling better now? Nah. <laughs> Darren in the chat said Psychic has Daddy Savlon issues. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I when when Aegis was was played and broken up, that made I was really invested in that storyline, and it was well done. So yeah. Right. Again, we will ask our audience, because we've had more people in the audience uh, turn up. If you want to actually join in this conversation, raise your hand and I will bring you in. We'll go to Going Joanna Mode on Twitter. Um, They've said, um, I think it's been a load of fun, even standing on the sidelines and mostly doing evacuations like me. Um, I wish there were more anti-Azimuth things to do. I'm hoping Tanner will start his own initiatives along those lines. Um, and no rescue stations from Jillian LS. For, uh, oh, and no rescue station. Uh, no rescue stations at Jillian Light Seconds from a Star, which is, uh, yeah, that's something just struck me about um, the thing about more anti azimuth things to do. Mm. So hmm, the whole Operation Witch Hunt anti azimuth thing obviously started with like it and you know other people start you know kicking that off so so that wasn't part of frontier's original plan and i was just wondering whether we think frontier had anti-azimuth stuff in their storyline to begin with or whether they've run with that idea uh i think they've run with the idea would yeah. you agree like no it's great. I mean, it, it fits perfectly, and it's yeah. hard to believe they didn't plan it now. But but nevertheless, unless your timing was incredibly fortuitous, you sort of kickstarted it with with witch hunt, and it, it just slotted so perfectly into what they were doing. 
So I've I've talked about this slightly before with regard to um with regard to witch hunt. I think that there there would definitely have been vocal people that were against um um azimuth um biotech and everything everything that salvation was doing all of that kind of stuff especially the more and more um things were revealed about them it was designed to have that um to have that sort of effect um she i would say that we were lucky in the fact that the thing that we chose to do was utilize the current in-game mechanics to actually make a full there were there were differences that occurred let's let's just elephant in the room the mbuni permit was a um was a thing that we never expected that um frontier wouldn't have a um uh uh a plan for if um, the system if the system was removed i hadn't even really figured it into the stuff that we were we were planning because it was just like well that system is available we can use in-game mechanics to affect actual change and i think that was that was kind of important to and what was picked up by frontier and then whatever they were going to be using for their anti azimuth force kind of thing became so um became like a tangible thing that people could affect uh, uh, affecting game if that makes sense. Yes, it does, Ben. So basically, Psychic said exactly what I was going to say, except far more eloquently, you know, Frontier. <laughs> front, frontier lent on what they're doing and co-opted it. Imagine, imagine that I've been thinking about this yeah. for nearly a year now. <laughs> it it's can't not be nearly been a year. That's, a no, year. that's bullshit. I need, to, I need to find it out. Well, oh, well, hang on a moment. Oh. It's going to be at least nine months, though. Because it's been six months since everything in twenty two four sixty really kicked off. Thirtieth of June thirty three oh eight was the Galnet News article Operation Witch Hunt opposes Azimuth Biotech. So that's like seven months. Seven months. And you were doing it for a while before then. Um, a little bit, not super long. It got picked up relatively quickly. Yeah. Right. Again, if anybody wants to join in in the audience, just raise your hand uh, on Discord and uh, request to speak, and I'll, I will bring you in. Um, right. Next up, we have Boba on Twitter. Now, um, he's not as enthusiastic. He's saying he's not taking part. Uh, combat is still too specialised, requires a dedicated ship to build to meaningfully take part the non-combat missions are nothing new really the same old x to y it doesn't feel like new content existing assets and gameplay loops reused i have to disagree with i think every single one of those points personally um (laughs) surprisingly enough um like i said i've been taking on scouts in a cobra mark three and thoroughly enjoying it. So the ship, and it's not even an A-rated Cobra. So I, I don't think the, I think the new um, anti-Xeno cannons have, have basically helped with that a great deal. Um, the non-combat missions are nothing new. Same, yeah. The, the main thing that I've found is the non-combat missions in this case. I've never been under fire at the, with from the Thargoids when I'm docking and taking away and, and evacuating escape pods 
before. Yes, we've we've had the the stations exploding all around you, but um, it's never been a case where I've had to fight my way in, pick things up, and fight my way out again. I've loved that, and like I said, it's 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 taking existing content, remixing it, and finding something new. I've I've found that worked. Um, and as far as just using existing assets, well. If if all he's referring to is the stations, we never had exploding outposts before. Outposts never came under attack. Uh, planetary settlements never came under attack before. That is new content right there. Um, and then on top of that, we've got everything going on with the alert systems. We've got everything going on with the maelstroms, because people have tried the maelstroms. Um, everybody knows what my problem is with the alert systems, but um, I, I think Bob, I, I'm sorry, but I'll have to disagree with you on this one. Um, anybody else? Yeah. Um, the new content thing, I sort of know what he means a little bit. Mm. Um, in that, okay, so a couple of things that disappointed me slightly, I suppose, is that, uh, okay, the first thing is, and I was going to say this on last week's show, actually, it, it's a shame that, and correct me if I've missed something and I'm wrong, that all the Odyssey settlements are just abandoned. There's there's no burning Odyssey settlements. Um, so it feels like in terms of new content, if you like, what they've managed to do is put flames onto uh, the planetary ports and mm -hmm. stations. Yeah. It's kind of a shame they didn't manage to do anything with settlements, so they just abandoned them. And I... The one, the one thing I was, I'm going to take back slightly is I was going to say all they've done is put flames in the settlements, but actually, I was watching. I think it was a Burr video, and and one of the nice things about Burr, you know, well, Reenie's videography is that, you know, sometimes it really takes its time and it's nice and slow and it pans over things, and I see things that I've missed in the heat of actually playing the game, and I realised there was some like. Burnt, uh, some sort of bent and damaged scaffolding on the planetary bases, which I just hadn't noticed myself. So, uh, you know, I feel like I have to take something back that I think I've said elsewhere about them only putting flames on the buildings. They have, they have done it. They could have done more. I'd have loved to have seen one of those skyscrapers literally, you know, broken in half. And um, so, I slightly agree with the third point in that I think they have added minimal new content. I feel really mean saying that. <laughs> But yeah, there you go. Um, okay, um, psychic. I think they've added loads of new content. Go on. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's really weird hearing um, hearing like two different, hearing those different op opinions and saying I'm talking minimum. specifically physical assets. So we have um, fully all of these fully shut down stations. So mm -hmm. I'm not like Odyssey. Let, let's let's hope that the, there is more stuff coming for odyssey content in future updates mm -hmm. um let, let's um let's give frontier that i'm gonna give frontier the benefit of the doubt i know funny for me but um i feel like a lot of this stuff here as wintermute commented has been catered for those players who um are are still um very much focused on a horizon sort of um or a um like a 4.0 um standpoint just your your um your base game and the odyssey content will will come i'm not um i'm i'm 
confident about that. But um, the the stuff that we have, so the the um, abandoned, um, all of the abandoned stations. I remember the first time I saw um, an abandoned station, and I was like, "That is." insane and wild and i've never seen anything like that in game no don't get me wrong that is the really new stuff cool. in the maelstroms the, the abandoned stations are really cool but frontier have got an awful lot of bang for their buck there all they've done is turn the lights off and put a put a a, <laughs> a rectangle across the mail slot but not just that but not like the abandoned um for the bases as well the odyssey bases that were abandoned the odyssey bases that were on fire with again, the not, not combat around it you know, turn the lights. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why are you gonna make why are you gonna make it more difficult for yourself? Um to make to like have an effect that the effect yeah. has with the with the clouds. I mean, the effect yeah. is there and it's it's tangible and the sound okay. design is there as well. It's, I think for me cool. I think it's don't a huge amount it's of content. Dead cool. I just don't yeah, okay. I might <laughs> I just don't think it's 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 new assets. It's it's very clever use of existing assets. <sighs> Uh, well, speaking as a dev, I'm more with Alec here. That you know, I, I've no idea how much actual work it is for Frontier to go and do and to take existing assets from stations and put them on ground things. Whether they have to start it all from scratch or whether they can grab ninety percent of it and reuse it. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine a Coriolis, Coriolis literally split in half, but I have no idea how hard that is to do. Oh, yeah. So basically, you're wanting effectively destroyed stations, not shut down stations. Yeah, I guess a Coriolis split. In, I, 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 oh, I, spoke, I spoke without thinking a Coriolis split in half is quite hard to repair, isn't it? Well, yeah. and also, we've like, had that before. We've had destroyed stations before. So if you had, yeah, if you had bits like, you know, when the Alexandria broke. When you've got bits all around, you'll be oh, like, oh, yeah, but that's that's used assets as well. So that doesn't count. That's not going to be a new feature. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They cannot fucking yeah. win. It's, I, 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 okay, I'm going to come in in the middle here and say it depends what you call as a new feature. You know, yes, Alex Wright, there's a lot of reuse of assets. Yes, Psychus Wright is brand new stuff. <laughs> And yes, I am Switzerland. Deal with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I must admit, I know that adding those effects onto this, I mean, um, onto those existing assets is going to take a lot of dev time. And it has been well done with the atmosphere. It's brilliant. You know, the, yeah. With the, uh, the atmosphere and everything when you fly around it. Um, I understand also that, okay, it's one of these things where it's nice to look at, uh, but there's nothing to actually interact with, if you see what I mean. And there's nothing you can't do a rescue mission. You can't um, try and do it. It's it's basically a, a shutdown thing. Uh, but even then, I mean, what could what could they do? They sort of say, okay, you're attacked by Thargoids. I think that happens anyway if you stay there too long. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything more they could have done for that. But well, it's abandoned, that. isn't it? That's yeah. the fucking point. It's yeah. abandoned. You're not going to get missions from an abandoned station. Sorry, I'm really I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm getting rowdy. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> People like get the shit on about me squawking and shit because I have an opinion. My apologies, lads. I'm just back off now. You're not allowed an opinion, Gordon Bennett. Not me. Yeah. Imagine me with a vagina and an opinion. <laughs> 
I wasn't even going to go to what genital jazz. Well, <laughs> wow. I think, I think the phrase moving on comes to mind. Moving on, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> wow. On, right. Please, do we have a listener who wants to talk? <laughs> Save us, Mr. Listeners. In the meantime, make sure that you've got a penis, though, over here. <laughs> or not. That's optional. Uh, well, oh, dear. Here's Mr. Commander Spanks a lot. Well, he's just saying it. <laughs> Is that what's. You thought couldn't have timed that better. <laughs> yes. Mm. This this is that is genuinely the username. <laughs> and he I just can said, I can verify this. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'll, I'll just have to put the the uh, the voice on. It's dull and tedious, and the swarm needs removing. Don't fight on a planetary base, then. Yes. That does effectively it. Ding, next. we need a bell. Ding, next. <laughs> We've got Commander Exorcist. Um, he's holding out for when they can fight him with knives. <laughs> <laughs> so I think on foot Thargoids is what he's waiting for. I, I, I say Exorcist is being a pussy. Give, use spoons. <laughs> spoons. Surely, surely chainsaws are traditional. They're not zombies, are they? <laughs> Oh, they might be. Oh, can they not be? Oh, I'd my really God, oh, they weren't. They might, they might be. All we might be getting is, is basically zombie soldiers from all those escape pods being remote controlled by Thargoids. You know, that would be absolutely epic, frankly. You know, I would, be, being serious, I would genuinely love the first wave of AX combat to be essentially zombie soldiers. <laughs> Can we, can we get a Left 4 Dead mod so we can twat them over the head with frying pans and guitars? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that the, the, there's some modders out there because you can do melee attacks, can't you? So basically, when you do a melee attack, a frying pan appears in your hand and boom. We can't do melee attacks technically in, in Odyssey. Can we? Uh, the, no, the best we can do is use our, our little bug zapper. Then how come people were able to punch anacondas to death? I'm sure there's a melee attack uh, option. Yeah, you can hit someone with your gun. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Not with a knife. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to use a knife. Well, I'm... I'm no savvy sh- actions. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, maybe uh, as for arcs, you could replace that with a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm quite sure frying pans might be optional. Or a baseball bat, or appropriate anti-alien melee device. <laughs> yeah, um, I must admit, the thought of basically having to deal with anything on foot with the Thargoids, I'm actually really looking forward to. Um, fingers crossed that it's actually on the way. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't fuck this- it up if it's on the way, please. <laughs> Don't make the Thargoids pussies. Mac Winston said the frying pan should also ha- also have an automatic cosmic clang effect. <laughs> Absolutely, hell yeah! That was one of the best things in Disney pl- in um, uh, Disney. Oh, I can't remember what it was. You had got the, you got the little figures. And you put them on the... Oh, on the uh, yeah, I know what you're on about. Yeah. Yeah, well, the funny thing was is that my son, who who was playing the game, was 
in the Star Wars. We had Darth Vader and my daughter who liked playing the game. She had a Rapunzel from Tangled. And Rapunzel is armed with a frying pan and managed to knock the living shit out of Darth Vader with the frying pan. It, it was just comedy gold. Disney Infinity, that's it. Thank you, NB River. And that will begin. Um, so, yes. Um, frying pans deal with Sith Lords. Right. Um, <laughs> we've got one from the Loose Screws Discord. So, hello to the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, to the guys over there. We've got Commander Bloomingwind from uh, Lambda Adromina calling in. It says, Hi, Leave Radio. First time caller, long time listener. That sounds that sounds surprisingly um, Mayo and Kermudan Mayo. That does. Um, the good. FDev has cr- uh, tried to create opportunities for players on every level and at every interest to, to participate. At uh, the bad, some of the war mechanics are a little clunky with pushback clocks resetting and mission rewards being meh. The ugly. Um, the Thargoid War has been a bit of a mirror of humanity. We're a chaotic species, where it can, and even when it comes to the greater good and the best strategic interests, sufficient number of folks prefer hitting easier targets, i.e. ground starports with no swarm, with systems like Jeng with two outposts uh, only and a shorter deadline need all hands on deck because of the nature of the system. Also, some folks want Thargoid combat to be easier, but I think the war has given me the opportunities to get good. Um, I'm no expert, but as I said, I am going to learn. I've, I've even helped greener folks than I in some scenarios. It needs to do bug fixes, but it's a net win for the game. Um, I wouldn't mind some consequences to systems failing. Maybe whatever system the evacuated people get plopped on causes pressure on the home system, which will result in civil unrest or lack of food. Oh, that's from Little Biggin. That's, that's a different yeah. comment. Call. That's a different oh, one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, Little Biggin. We 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 included you in with uh, Commander. Uh, blooming wind there but yeah uh, commander blooming wind point about he thinks they've got the balance right it's got to be a little bit hard and um because people have to learn how to fight it properly which i think is a good thing you people have got to learn how to fight thargoids they're not easy yeah and they shouldn't be easy no they shouldn't be easy that they are the big bad yeah i th- i think the comment about um some folks wanting it to be easier because I was I was listening to the Loose Cruise podcast earlier today. Um, it's a good point, actually. I think it was Jay and Trax raised it on the podcast, but a lot of the feedback, one of the hottest topics in the feedback thread, for example, is to make it to to increase the range of the uh, the scanner. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, oh God, yeah, that's a, that's a that's an annoying one, isn't it? it? It is very short, but and there is a but, uh, and also you know the the call for more um, to have more than four AX weapons. I I, I think the counter argument to that is that Thargoid combat is kind of supposed to be end game, you know, the toughest PVE thing in the game. Um, you know, so things like getting close to the Thargoid to scan it, it, it's supposed to be hard. And having loads of weapons that can kill Thargoids, it's meant to be limited. 
and and now i think this is an interesting point you know is that now loads of people are getting involved in the thargoid war and so a lot of people that are new to this are diving in and then and then leaping into that thread and going can you make this easier please <laughs> and and there's a there's a reasonable response to that say no it's not supposed to be easy it's supposed to be hard which um, i think's interesting um, yeah the the main issue i think um and i have with that is uh, specifically with this with the scanner is that um the scanner <laughs> ludicrous as far as i can tell i yeah. mean the way they were talking on loose screws i made me think maybe it's me but but i i've tried a couple of times to get within what is it 500 meters it's within 500 meters because it's ridiculous isn't it yeah, because the old gameplay was that um, the Thargoid would come up to you curiously and, tr- and try to scan him, scan you. Right. And while it was doing that, you would turn around and scan it. Right. right. So so basically, you had this, this moment of peace before it all kicked off where he was looking at you, or he, she, it was looking at you, and you were looking at it. And you both probably scan each other, and then all of a sudden, boom everything then kicks off, but you would have all the details of all the where all the hearts were. Um, now that they just come straight out and attack you, there's no chance to actually do the scan. Yeah, it's hard. I managed to get one because I was just determined, and mm. yeah, it's bloody hard. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought, personally. I mean, so it, if you're uh, in a group, if you're in mm-hmm. a group and one of, one of your wing is getting, um, getting the old lightning hands hug, um, Somebody, because the, the Thargoid is static while that is happening, um, you have um, a an opportunity then, as a, or even as the one who is receiving said hug, to make the scan. Um, that's I, I've seen. I've suddenly seen the hearts being targetable when I've been playing, um, but it is it's super difficult if you're on your own by absolutely by a massive margin. Yeah, he's uh, one of your friends as bait. Yeah, right. Um, but overall, it, it's good to hear that you know he's 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 actually biting the bullet and and learning how to to fight thargoids. Because yeah, I with the rest of us, I think it's a great idea that you have to learn how to fight them. There are tactics that you have to use. Otherwise, you know, you are going to get wasted, and you will have be going to the rebuy screen a lot. Um, what do you think to a little big yin's comment about you'd like more consequences when a system falls, like the, the more pressure on systems around it where the where evacuations happen to? I mean, that would be just to the actual medical ships, though, wouldn't it? It's a shame. I don't know if this is where this comes from, but it, mm. it's kind of a shame that the shut, the completely shut down systems and bases, you know, as as Psychic sort of mentioned earlier, actually, there's not much you. Could, did you mention there's not much you can do at them is there is there anything you there's nothing you can do at them is there it's kind of nice if there was something you could do at the shutdown so i think i think what um what my husband is referring to um not that we have conversations about stuff like this all the day (laughs) all the time not like we're absolutely nutters um and obsessed with video games but um i feel like his main his main thing is the consequences of what happens to all of those those lads who were in that that system because some of these systems that have been evacuated have thousands of thousands of millions of people yeah. um where where 
where have they gone? Where 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 is the pressure? Where that have they been disseminated to? I, I I think that goes down the back of the sofa along with gravity holding pizza boxes down and that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, we can have, we can evacuate ten times the population of a Coriolis from a Coriolis. So <laughs> I think when you start looking that deeply, you're you're going to find disappointment. Yeah, but you could have people evacuating up from a planet to the Coriolis. <laughs> so the Coriolis is always filling up. Yeah, yeah. You you can find ways to explain it. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I do like the fact that I think one of the first systems that um, people were trying to defend against, they managed to evacuate, I think, twice the population of the actual system. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, so uh, well, surprisingly enough, that actually brings us to the end of the feedback. Um, it's it's good to hear from um, everybody who uh, who has contributed. Thanks to that, um, thanks to Commander Indigo for uh, raising his hand to to join in. I think at this moment, has, has anybody got anything they'd like to sum up with, or uh, are you all happy with way things are? Sorry, I'm having too much fun in this dead game and <laughs> things. Dead game in it, fully yeah. dead. Sorry. Oh yeah, that just reminds me because there, there was a a thread in the forums that just started yesterday. Uh, basically, a new player uh, said that he was he's actually thanking the devs for a genuine, uh, really good experience. Thanks a lot. It's 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 a laugh. And I think it took four posts before the doom mongers started to come on. Okay. I didn't see that. I saw the thread and I thought it was lovely because because yeah. just just in, once in a while these threads pop up out of the blue. Somebody completely, you know, innocently and without any reservation says this game is bloody fantastic. And and actually, I generally find a lot of people chip in and go, you know what, it is, isn't it? it and I always like to see that. Do you know what? I, I can't remember the guy's name, and even if I knew it, I wouldn't shout him out because I think he's a newish streamer, and I don't want to dump loads of people onto him when he's not prepared. But I, I caught somebody random on Twitch the other day who was had just got into the game. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful watching him. You know, I've, I'm sure we're all guilty of this. I've, I've come to take so much for granted. And, and talking him through just figuring out how to use a fuel scoop you know, yeah. when he's and when he finally managed to start refueling his ship, it was funny because in chat, you know, he said something like, "Oh, this game's amazing!" I'm he was so excited that he'd finally managed to get his ship refueling from a star. Mm. And people in chat were like saying, "Oh man, wait until you see a Thargoid and stuff like that." And as I was picturing this guy and what he's got coming and what you know the the, the million things that he hasn't yet tried, you you do get reminded just how stunning this game is. Yeah, sometimes you have to see it through fresh eyes, don't you? Yeah. You you kind of got used to it. It reminds me of the first time um, I I was following uh, Colo, one of the... I mean, she no longer does Elite Dangerous, but when she first started... Um, her enthusiasm for for the game was was intoxicating. Really, it was it was so nice to see someone sort of wide eyed wide eyed and innocent just discovering some of the the yeah, um, the bits in the game. Which it, it really it does it makes you appreciate what's there because occasionally, you, I mean, they're not they're not all gold, but I do no, occasionally recommend on Twitch, you know, seeking out somebody who's got three viewers and just quietly lurking for a bit because. You do yeah. get these people that are new, and it's great to see. 
Yeah, it is. Um, on the subject of which, I think we will move over to the community corner. And there's a few things to, uh, to talk about this week. Um, obviously, uh, with regards to the Thargoid War, Operation Ida have been incredibly busy doing science. Um, they've been doing some tests on the alert system to see what works and what doesn't. Uh, so they've, they've split their experiment into two phases. Um, and because it's Operation Ida, we're talking shipping lots of canisters. Um, so they did phase one, which was a test to to uh, basically just move goods straight into the commodity market over a 24-hour period and, saw, and to see whether or not the Chevron moves. Um, they shipped um, 101,000 tonnes of goods to the commodity market, um, which I think most of them was done by just three commanders, which you have to uh, salute. And um, unfortunately, that didn't seem to yield any results. Um, so they moved on to phase two, where uh, they ran missions from the mission board. Uh, they completed 702 of them in a 40-hour period, shipped over 205,000 tonnes of of cargo, and it looked like it affected between 15 to 20% of the progress bar. So it, it does prove that the alert systems are affected, but... Um, yeah, not as much as taking out autosis. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if um the thing that uh, was in the the frontier sort of news post about the the upcoming patch and they, there was a comment about describing ways to push move the pushback bar in more detail. I'd, I'd be fascinated to see how much detail that goes into. Because we're we're guessing at the moment, aren't we? We're doing all this science to try and guess what makes a difference and what doesn't make a difference. And it'll be interesting to see how many more tips we get. Yeah, I mean, it must be uh, it it must be said that um, they were monitoring um, oh, Inara, and it seemed that there was only two thar- uh, two interceptor kills on that system. So um, it doesn't look like interceptor kills and scout kills. Um, actually did any progress but um yeah i uh, you have to take your hand hats off to operation ida who are are basically uh they're, they're, they are doing research fair play to them um right uh moving on uh the anti-xeno initiative surprisingly enough has continued to help with a brand new video from asturian asturian Again, take a drink, everybody, because I've got that wrong. And it showed the AXI small ship fun list, uh, a discussion on which small ships are the most fun against the power pansies. Uh, and yes, it's a, another of their their YouTube videos, which are um, very useful for dealing with Thargoids. And I must admit, I was a little disappointed to see the Cobra Mark III in fourth place. And they've, they've, they've split things into five tiers. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. The Cobra Mark Three was in the fourth tier. The Cobra Mark Four was in the fifth tier, and the only ship in the fifth tier. So, uh, don't I don't think people want to fight Thargoids using uh, the Cobra Mark Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, 
I, I don't, I, you know, I haven't seen anybody fly that in absolutely ages. Wonder why. Mm. Anyway, moving on from there, we've got, oh yeah, before, if anybody wants to see the, uh, this video, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, we also have to congratulate our, our sister station, the Hutton Opal Truckers. They have managed to deliver 50,000 tons of mugs so far in too hot, too messy. So that's, that's an awful lot of mugs. That's, that is a humongous amount of mugs. So we know that. Do we know? Do we know what the total is? What the total to deliver? How many they've got to deliver? Yeah, how far? Well, it 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 changes all the time. I know, but it's presumably (laughs) diminishing returns. They must have some sense of. Well, the thing is, the end goal changes all the time as well because some of the stations aren't even recorded in an hour at the moment. So you you go to a system and you discover like six or seven new new. uh, uh, stations that you can go and deliver a mug at. So um, the goalpost changes, so it's difficult to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're moving on to the next one. Uh, now, this is very interesting. We have a 3D printed model of a Medusa, which was commissioned by Silence of 555 on Reddit. This thing looks amazing. Um, He's he's had it created um, using uh, I think it was Shapeways and uh, yeah it oh it's phenomenal to look at and I am insanely jealous. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Did you see so, the video? Oh, there's a video with it as well. No, I was just finding him the link here. Uh, the oh, first time excellent. I saw this was today on Twitter, and there was a video. It was it was basically somebody videoing their screen. Mm-hmm. showing, um, uh, I think it was a Corvette or something, you know, a, being approached by a Thargoid, a, 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 is it a, yeah, by a Medusa. Yeah. And, and you're watching it thinking, why is this dude filming this on his phone rather than just recording it? And then he pans to the right and he's got exactly the same scenario in like real life on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it is phenomenal to look at that so well done commander silencer for well i suppose commissioning it commissioning it i know that he had uh, somebody paint it for him um full details can be found at, we'll put the link in for both the music and and the actual link on reddit which uh, yeah apparently it was very expensive but it, wow it looks great no worries about that um <laughs> in other news <laughs> we have well the trials and tribulations of Commander Oso, which was posted by Commander Beesman. <laughs> which all we can say is that this looks like leave radio levels of of um, chatting up. Uh, we again we will we will display this in the uh, in the show notes. He's been checking out the Lonely Pirates Handbook. He has, hasn't he? <laughs> Ah, dear, yes. It's, uh, obviously, there's been a malfunction with his Magna Pants there, I think. so. Uh, and finally, um, yeah, I must admit, you do get Ben vibes reading this, don't you? Oi! <laughs> ben seems silent that whole thing, and Colin was just like, you know who's a pervert? Ben! <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> and that's what she said. No, never mind. <laughs> All I can say is when you're not on the show, mm-hmm. it's a heck of a lot cleaner. 
I don't I don't accuse I don't accuse Ben of being a pervert nearly as much as you do, Colin. <laughs> I I've known him for longer. <laughs> I mean I'm happy to start accusing him of being a pervert if you need me to. If you if you guys want that semblance of just normalcy and um just me accusing but I can do it, it's not a problem. I just enjoy flirting with Grant's son. I bet you do, you kinky bitch. Damn right, I do. I love spooning up with with, that, with Dylan. Okay, this is only, only a very, very weird turn all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> all right, and finally, we have Commander Porphus. He would like to start a Halo-themed player faction based out of Epsilon Iridani, i.e. Reach. Uh, and he'd like to start that in Elite Dangerous. If you'd like to... Um, to join his uh, Halo-themed uh, player group, we've put a link in the uh, in the show notes. Um, isn't Epsilon Iridani? That's also supposed to be where Babylon Five is supposed to be, isn't it? Fictionally, kind of, sort of. It was kind in the Epsilon. Epsilon sector or something like that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm going to have to look that up uh, again. Yeah, J- JMS was always very. They, he, he never he never set it in stone, shall we say? <laughs> yes, yeah. Considering uh, someone asked, used to ask them how fast the white stars used to go, and he used to as say, fast well, as the speed of plot. Yeah, they move at the speed of plot, which I thought yeah. was great. And the, I mean, the same can be said for the star furies, and it's like sometimes it seems to take them several hours to get from the jump gate to the station. Mm-hmm. Other times, it's like, yeah, it's a five minute ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, Understandable, really. Uh, <laughs> I I know Ronald D. Moore used exactly the same thing in Battlestar Galactica because he sort of said, "We are never going to explain how the jump drive works, and we're never going to explain um, how artificial gravity works because basically we can't, so we're not going to." <laughs> and frankly, in some things, you just have to. Okay, it's a gimme. Yeah. We're going to have to. Um, right. Well, moving on from there, um, we don't have any. Uh, mostly clueless for you this week. We will, uh, <laughs> although I must admit that don't use SRVs and, and defend the <laughs> defend the canister mission is a good one. Or watch out for people dropping on top of you when you can't see them. Um, has anybody got any other business that they would uh, like to to quickly touch on? No, no. Right. Okay, well, moving on from there, we'll just go straight to the shout-outs then. Um, well, will the team on Dex Island take a well-earned break from their Series 2 before their Series 2 return? There's plenty of material to fill the void. Uh, so point your auto-assistant at your favourite podcast app, including Spotify and Audible, and search for the Dex Legacy, where you'll find bonus interviews with cast men, uh, members and the writer, Emily Inkpen. Uh, and there's bonus material over at thedexlegacy.com. Um, all proceeds go to season two. Our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts from Thursday at 8.30, and you can tune in at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers, or just if you want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. And let me just say that I'm incredibly jealous of Commander Vintion at the moment, because I know who he's working with for the next HCS voice pack over in LA. Nice work if you can get it. Yeah, I've seen the photos. I know. Who is it? I've um, missed this. Who is it? Uh, Gates McFadden. Excellent. Um, mm-hmm. th- I know 
But for everyone else who might not know what, what who Gates McFadden has played or in what show Gates McFadden has been in, um, would you mind elaborating? Obviously not for me yes, because I, I definitely I, know. I will do. But Gates McFadden was, um, oh, Jack Ryan's wife in Hunt for Red October. <laughs> <laughs> But more famously, she's not. It's all right. Not... It's all right. Katie's messaged me. I know who it is. <laughs> it, for for those of you who are more um, uh, Star Trek minded, she's obviously Doctor Crusher from the Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, can I? Can I just like? Can I just clarify? Mm-hmm. I did know. I know who Beverly Crusher is because she's Will Wheaton's mom, and I know all of that, and I do know that. I'm not, I, I know Star Trek. I just didn't know what the name of the actress was, just ah. to clarify. Yes. That's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, and obviously she'll be in the next series of Picard. Yes. Which, yeah, should keep uh, a lot of people happy. Oh, I've gone and bought Gamma, by the way, so I now do have Claudia Christensen in my ears when I when I'm shooting Thargoids now. And yes, she's just as good as a motivator as um as Brian Blessed. So... <laughs> By motivate you mean threaten. Yes, effectively. You don't you you know, she's always right. <clears throat> yes. Not that I say anything like that. Um, so we would also like to give a shout out to the following Elite Dangerous podcast. So obviously there's, uh, you can catch up with the back catalogue of fight, uh, Flight Assist. There is also the Guard Frequency who do other games as well. Um, and also we have our friends, the Hillbilly Redneck Radio over in the States called Loose Screws. Um, now, following on for this, we also have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And we'd like just to thank those who have chipped in in the Twitch chat. Thanks, guys. And also, um, any in-game commanders that you've had. You've had Miggles, I've seen, running around in the Chris Mark IV. Um, Anybody else, uh, Ben? I'm, I'm Siberius. Oh, hello, Siberius. Yeah, so we, we've been winging up and shooting things and raiding people and stealing stuff. As you do, as you do, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that in 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 the in the chat. Um, people are asking who who names their baby Gates. The thing with equity is you've got to choose a different name because you don't want two actors with the same name. So maybe <laughs> uh, maybe she chose Gates herself. <laughs> um, that's something to ask her. Anyway, gates, gates are better than walls. <laughs> um, also, and we also to thank Commander Indigo as well for uh, saying saying some nice things and joining in the chat. Um, so, um, finally, special thanks, of course, also go to Commander Tokuso, Jay and Trax, and Alan Stroud, who have all created music for the show. And that is it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at Live Radio. Hit us up at facebook.com slash Live Radio. Tweet us at Live Radio on Twitter. Or tweet us at Live Radio at spacey.space on Mastodon. Or you could even join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash Live Radio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat. And you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Wow, a lot of words there. Uh, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future um, future episode. Uh, now, Live Radio, as you can tell, is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. 
So, good night to Psykit. Night, Colin. Good night to Ben, who's busy. And we'll just say good night to Alex. Good night, all. <laughs> I'll turn my microphone and say good night now, then. <laughs> and of course, special uh, thanks goes to today's tech specialist, the wonderful Pontnik Santiago. So, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your Someone having an orange inserted. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see the galaxy. seconds I'll be right back Galnet News Digest, 24th of January, 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup, are unclassified relics the key to unlocking the Thargoid maelstroms? Azimuth stabilisers will soon allow ships to carry five or even six AX weapons. And Princess Ashling is not popular in the Empire. Neutralising the Maelstroms is key to ending the Thargoid invasion, and unclassified relics may be the key to breaching the Maelstrom's defences. Writing for Vox Galactica, Jade Sandlin applauded the immense effort from anti-Zeno pilots who have taken on the unenviable task of preventing the Thargoids from spreading out from the original eight Maelstroms. The Thargoids currently control 524 systems in the bubble, but most of them were never colonised by humanity anyway. There are roughly equal numbers of systems under Thargoid invasion and recovering from Thargoid invasion, suggesting that neither humanity nor the aliens have the upper hand at present. Billions have died in this conflict, and billions have been made homeless. These are the consequences of Salvation and Azimuth Biotech unleashing the Proteus Wave five months ago. At the heart of the Thargoid invasion are the five Maelstroms, 
the stargoids we all watched approaching over several months. Whatever is inside those huge clouds of toxic, corrosive gas, they're the eight engines driving the war forward, releasing wave upon wave of Thargoid interceptors and scouts. The maelstroms are protected by energy waves that drive ships back and by some sort of disruptor field that renders Guardian technology ineffective. If we can get to the heart of the maelstroms, if we can discover what there is inside, and if we can neutralise whatever Thargoid technology it is, then we will be in a position to drive the Thargoids out of the bubble. Sanderlin sees the research that engineers Ishmael Palin and Ram Tarr have been conducting over these five months on the unclassified relics, the product of plugging the Guardian relics into Thargoid structures, as the key to penetrating the Maelstrom defences. Unclassified relics appeared when the Thargoid hive mind was reprogrammed by the Proteus wave to assimilate Guardian technology. If that reprogramming gave the Thargoids the capability to invade, then by understanding that technology, we may be able to neutralise that advantage. In the medium term, our hopes lie with that research. But in the short term, the future of humanity continues to depend on those courageous anti-Zeno pilots who continue to contain the greatest threat humanity has ever faced. The Class 3 Experimental Weapon Stabiliser will be available for everyone on Thursday the 26th of January, and the Size 5 version will be released a week later, following the successful completion of Azimuth Biotech's appeal for commodities to manufacture the modules. These modules will allow one or two additional experimental anti-Xeno weapons to be equipped to loadouts, allowing for more varied and efficient builds to combat the Thargoid invasion. Azimuth stabilizers, which will be available from all rescue ships, address the long-standing limit of four anti-Xeno weapons in a ship build, and will further enhance the capabilities of Alliance ships as interceptor killers, and larger ships such as the Anaconda as scout killers. It'll also allow the development of general-purpose AX builds for those who like to fight alone. Even critics of Azimuth have recognised the value that these new stabilizer modules will offer. The appeal for commodities completed on Sunday evening. Many of those who took part will receive free modules in thanks for their efforts. These free modules will not be delivered to the rescue ships, but will instead be available from the glorious prospect. Azimuth is continuing to fund combat pilots to bounty hunt in LHS-1163 to protect the traders who have already finished and who have dispersed to other systems. Perhaps this is a sign of the lack of joined-up thinking in Azimuth's higher management. In other news, there have been bleatings of discontent about Princess Ashling's support for Aegis from the usual suspects in the Imperial High Command, closely mirroring the views they expressed as far back as October last year. Spiteful slave trader, the wrinkly raisin that is Senator Zamina Torval, suggested that the prismatic princess's request for the emperor to reconsider her isolationist stance amounted to an insult to the throne. Oily sycophant, Admiral Senator Denton Petraeus, came close to suggesting that blue-haired human rights advocate Ashling should stop worrying about grown-up matters and go and play with her dollies like a good girl. Only Ashling's close confidant and former love interest, 
the ancient but wise Senator Caspian Leopold stood up for her, explaining that the princess was not in any way challenging Emperor Orissa, and her only intention was to prolong the Emperor's reign by improving the Empire's chances of defeating the Thargoids. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.